0: This is CliffCentral.com. She was hard to her, to her right. That's oh, right, and Anthea's got a brand new book out, which you can get at any good bookstore. Indeed. You can isn't also it, order it online. If isn't there, then it's not a good bookstore.
1: Exactly. You shun that store. And if you're free on Thursday evening, we're mm. doing the launch at Exclusive Books in Hyde Park Very nice. at 6 p.m.
0: Very Look good. Mm. How am I doing? approve? Yes. excellent. This is much better than what you were doing up to now. <laughs>
1: yes, I got a lecture last week about this from a certain Cliff Central. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: All right, let's talk about the uh, two Japanese oil tankers in the Strait of Hormuz. Uh, we we spoke about this a little bit earlier on in terms of the oil price and this possible petrol price decrease, which is very interesting. I don't know whether the AA took into consideration what's going on in world uh, affairs because I think actually. Petrol price may go up.
1: Hmm. Um, So so I think this attack of the Japanese oil tankers by the Iranians is... It's definitely a, um, an event, um, and a catalyst for a higher oil price because the oil was up, oil was up 4% a right. barrel immediately after the attack. But actually, you know what? It doesn't change the supply demand dynamics of oil at all. And in fact, what we're seeing is quite the opposite where there's quite a bit of supply. So since then, the oil price has retreated. Brent crude is now trading at $60.90 a barrel and at a, like almost a $10 premium to WTI. Um so I think I, I think there might still be a good case for a decrease in the petrol price. What you did see though is like markets were really nervous about just stability and war possibilities and this sort of thing. So we saw lots of traders moving immediately into yen. Japanese yen can you believe that is still a safe haven currency? I mean I, I don't know how that happens, honestly. Um, and then gold, which is this crazy Lingering Historic um, Feature I think you, you know It's not like You can You've never gold. liked I've gold I've never liked Yeah it's, I have a thing Against it I, You don't like it gold It makes no Fundamental Investment sense To me hmm. And that's the problem I know what drives it So I know That people Think that If there's going to be a war by gold and we'll con- we'll convert it to currency mm. later at a later stage and when it's the Indian wedding season you'll always see at the beginning of, of October November there's yep. a spike in the gold price because they sp- buy huge amounts of gold oh really mm. it's it, every single year it's fabulous to watch Ooh. um but the fundamental investment case for it I I struggle with it Anyway, we saw those ultra-safe government bonds, yen, gold, all increase, and all the traders ran to that last week on this attack. I mean, unfortunately for Sassel, they didn't take advantage of it, or the share price doesn't seem to have taken advantage of it. Like when oil was up 5%, Sassel was up like 10 basis point, you know, like 1.1%. Why is is
0: Sassel just – they used to be a very um, forward-thinking, smart, like technologically advanced business. They were turning yeah, they
1: really they were they were turning
0: coal into gas and all kinds of interesting yeah. things. Now they're like a almost a bit of a a wart on the economy. You know, they kind of just sit there and languish. They don't do very much.
1: Unfortunately Who's in the last, that place? In the lo- Oh I can't remember his name.
0: Well, that's probably um, part of the problem. But
1: one one of them had to resign recently. One of the big guys had to resign because of this Lake Charles methane plant um, in the US. Mm-hmm and, and they 've just got such a bad reputation of having projects over budget and delayed, and then it just costs so when you work out when you decide to do a project in the beginning k okay it 's going to cost cost me a hundred dollars, and in i 'll spend the hundred dollars and if I sell x amount of product mm-hmm. i 'll make back my hundred dollars in two years right but then if the project costs um two hundred dollars then it 's going to take you. Four years. And if you don't sell as much, maybe it will take you five or six years. So your IRR, we call it your um, rate of return, your internal rate of return that we calculate on these projects, suddenly goes from kind of, oh, look, we're going to make as long as this project lasts maybe, I don't know, 30%, 40% per annum. But the more you delay it, the more you spend on it, the less product you sell out of it, the lower this IRR. And suddenly it's like, well, actually, was this a good investment case or not? And in Sassel's case – you know, so Lake Charles, for example, they was a, they told us it was going to cost 3 billion dollars. It's come out at 14 almost. And it's been delayed by years. And now suddenly you're thinking, well, was that really worth it? I, you know. And and that's the problem with Sassel. So I think when the oil price jumps and Sassel doesn't, It's just a case of investors being nervous about Sassel And actually not believing them And in my case, I thought, oh, maybe I should buy some Sassel shares But I actually just sat there and thought, well, no Because what I really want is for Sassel to prove to me And show me proof, like tangible proof That they can deliver on time And that they're not going to up the costs of Lake Charles By another billion dollars in the next year or six months As they have done in the past
0: Right, sure
1: And unfortunately, you know, these trade wars really have continued and have really got the market nervous. Um, And so emerging market shares are under a lot of pressure at the moment. And, of course, you know, we're an emerging market, so Mm -hmm. we fall in line with it. And then, of course, the protests about this extradition law in Hong Kong hasn't helped. And then the upcoming G20, there's a lot of discussion that potentially Donald Trump may interfere. And the Chinese have said to him, can you not interfere, please? Um, and he said, well, I won't. Meanwhile, we're all sitting there going, we're waiting for you to say something at the G20. Like, we just know he's going to.
0: Yeah, I, well, I hear all of this, but he's consistently avoided throughout his presidency. It's only, you know, he hasn't finished yet the first term. But he's avoided any attempts at strikes anywhere, um, any military action. The guy's really, he's a he's a dove by military and and imperialist standards i mean obama took like a, a month or two before he started ordering drone strikes on That's parts true. of the middle east and and george w bush before that we know started the afghanistan and iraq war you know you can go back in history I, trump is a pacifist if nothing else and we hear this but you know all he's done here is is he's antagonized china by forcing them to stop stealing intellectual property or at least pay a price for it with tariffs
1: but, Gareth, we've spoken so much about Smoot-Hawley, <laughs> you know, and you always you always uh, chastise me for saying, remember Smoot-Hawley of 1930? We believe those trade wars is what caused the Great Depression and partly World War II. So just because it's only trade wars doesn't no, mean it's potentially not I, going I to I escalate. I hate this
0: tariff thing. You know that. Yeah. I think Trump's an idiot for having the, the, the tariffs brought in. I think that's destructive. And, and frankly, it's anti-free market, Right.
1: Absolutely, I don't
0: like it one bit.
1: And and everyone's retaliated. China's retaliated. Um, Europe have retaliated. Mexico. I don't know exactly what happened there. That was a weird one. Well, I'm going to imp- impose tariffs, and then I'm not. And then the Mexicans came out a week later and said, "Yeah, that's because we had discussions three weeks ago." You know, like he's not honest, you know. Um, How
0: we know Trump's not honest. If there's <laughs> something. That's one thing that's also consistent about him. He's just completely dishonest all the time.
1: When does his term come to an end? Does anybody know?
0: Uh, he's going to be there for another four years after this.
1: You think so? Huh? Absolutely. Wow, that's going to be interesting. And then we might even have Boris Johnson in the UK. That's <laughs> going, oh, just you end. are going to get Boris Johnson. <laughs> I know it's going to be fun and games, eh? Huh? <laughs> Enough said about that. Oh <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> face. Let's come, let's come back to so. here.
0: Let's talk about mining for a minute. Okay. Because the mining sector is just a—it's uh. a dwarf of what it once was.
1: Shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. It's an
0: embarrassment, actually. And our country is still so heavily reliant on the mining sector for GDP. So
1: last year, last week, sorry, we had mining production numbers show that mining production fell by 1.5% for the last quarter. And, in fact, gold fell by a staggering 19.5%. Gold production fell by 19.5%. I'm not sure if it was last week or the week before. We were overtaken by Ghana. As the biggest gold producer on the continent. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So we've now been overtaken. We are no longer the largest producer of <sighs> gold. Okay. And, But, you know, I mean, Ghana is probably the I was waiting fastest for you to confirm. I saw that country. in the news
0: and I thought, no, unless Anthea says so, I don't believe you. No, <laughs> I believe
1: you. Yeah, no, their GDP growth is... I think about eleven percent at the moment or oh my something. God. It's phenomenal. And
0: this just shows you it's possible. I mean here's Ghana. They don't have as much as we have. We're just shit at running everything.
1: And remember I was there last year. Yeah. And there is there's nothing like a Santon or a Cape Town waterfall or nothing, nothing, nothing. And they're doing phenomenally. Granted, their GDP growth is off a low base.
0: Yeah, but, right? but 11%. I know, isn't that we phenomenal? Would, we would be thrilled with half of that.
1: Mm hmm. Oh. Thrilled. Sure. Imagine that.
0: But mm. it's because of this crap government that we've got, we can't even get to a tenth of that.
1: And unfortunately, another one of our leading indicators is the business confidence. And that came out last week as well, mm-hmm. unchanged at 28. 50. Just for the record Is the neutral
0: So it's very negative
1: It is It's possibly One of the lowest If you look at the graph We're not It's not the lowest reading We've had in the last 20 years But it's probably Second or third lowest So it's So there there was a reading I think of 26 In 94 96 Mm Mm-hmm that's then, when no one
0: knew what was going on, right? That's right. So no everyone was really nervous. Yeah. That's
1: right. So of course business confidence was low, and and businesses weren't investing in their business because they sure. and they weren't employing people because they didn't know what was going to happen, right? And then I think again in two thousand and eight or nine, when people weren't sure of what's going on, it also fell like to twenty seven somewhere around there, um, and and those were real. Events, those were, you can, you can explain it. Our business confidence at this stage should not be this low. So I don't know that people are not trusting the government to be able to create, um, opportunities or to grow the economy or to be, to, to implement policy certainty, but there's a lot of uncertainty in the markets at the moment. There really is.
0: All right. Can we quickly talk about NASPASS and uh, shares in general?
1: Yeah, so there wasn't much in the way of shares um last week NASP has put out a trading statement saying that their headline earnings per share would increase by between 31 and 33%. This you just there's just no stopping it. And of course the company the share price rallied despite 10 cent being Down on the day that it announced And in fact there's not much to say about it Because Nespers are only releasing Their full results this Friday Which is always a bit of a drama Because we feel like we need a whole week to digest it And then I think also The shares rallying ahead of their listing in Amsterdam So they announced two weeks that they're listing In Amsterdam Um and that really so what we've been saying in the past is that they should unlock value, you know so first there was multi-choice and how they're going to unbundle all the businesses. what about 10 cent, because their 31 percent stake in 10 cent is now worth the entire market cap. So if you add up all the shares yeah. and, the, and where they're trading, multiply it by where they're trading, the number of shares outstanding, that is lower than just their 10 cent holding. So tens, they, they're holding – their one investment wow. is worth more than the 1.5 trillion rand that it shows on the JSE. So effectively, it should trade up. But because it's such a huge component of the JSE, it makes up 25% of the JSE. Huge. So your pension fund basically is a nice. quarter – NASPAS, which is shocking. Yeah. And, and asset managers like myself, we don't like this. We do not want to be reliant on one share in our portfolio being so heavily weighted. And also it's been quite volatile recently. So what happens is when it gets to 15 or 20 we sell, you, you know, we don't want to be more than 10% or 15% in one share only, so. No,
0: it's very dangerous. We know from Steinhoff.
1: Oh, there you, oh, talk about, we must talk about Tonga quickly as well. Um.
0: Yes, well, you <laughs> did, you did, uh, you, the canaries were in the coal mine with you early on, Tonga. Yes, like, we, we it. mentioned
1: it and then I went into the office on Monday and shares were suspended. There we go. <laughs> Anyway, so Naspace, I think because of this w- huge weighting in the index, it's actually being held down by being listed in South Africa and South African. How asset long managers- before they
0: decide to unlist it here and list it somewhere else?
1: Ah, such a good question. Cause
0: that's not, they're not going to stay. What for? Why must they prop up the whole South African stock exchange? <laughs> and when that happens, will it be worth investing on the South African stock market at all?
1: Such a good question, Gareth. I and mean, that's really forward thinking, uh, but yeah. Uh, it's uh, inevitable. I don't know if it's. In a hurry, inevitable, but it does feel a bit like a lot of companies are doing this. I mean, in Steinhoff's case, they went to Germany because, well, they were just up to a whole lot of skullduggery. Um, and it suited them to be listed in a foreign country or have so many different legal um, entities so that they could move mm-hmm. money between it and, you know, nobody could trace it. So if they the, the regulators in South Africa said, but where did this go? They go, Germany. And the German regulators, they'd say, oh – british virgin islands and so it was yeah. just like they were playing this game okay. space is not the same i hope it's not
0: <laughs> let's see yeah i'm just i'm thinking that that's likely
1: we'll watch the space we see. Oh, we also have to talk about another company called beyond meat am i running out of time
0: beyond meat but let's just talk tonga quickly okay. and then One we get beyond meat
1: so tonga last friday oh, you last monday about Beyond
0: meat i think you was either yes, you we or it could have been henry yeah. Um, that, that basically that this is a company that 3D prints artificial meat.
1: I don't know if it's 3D printed, but they make it from pea protein, oh, soya, okay. yeah, mung, right. mung yeah. beans. Okay. Um, the share was up 10% again. So since oh. IPO on the 2nd of Has it, May… Hasn't it
0: been very oversubscribed?
1: Totally oversubscribed. No. And just a little bit too expensive for my liking. But the share's been up. It's up 550% since the beginning of May, since very it good. listed. Uh-oh. And then yesterday they announced that they're… Releasing a ground beef, and so the share was up 10%. I mean, there's just no stopping the share.
0: And then can you report this without rolling your eyes? You're <laughs> like,
1: no, like this, is, this is good. I, I reckon
0: that we, we've got to find alternatives to meat.
1: I think it is great, no. but, I, but it's, I don't know what PE it's trading on at the moment. We should just look the, that up. Google Beyond Meat uh, Price Earnings Ratio and see – but, That's um, the
0: first time she has ever typed yeah. in Beyond Meat, <laughs> Google, you know, <laughs> price, price earnings ratio on Google. Just quickly, Tongard Hewlett, and then I want to get to Revix.
1: Okay. Uh, so Tongard Hewlett, they asked for their shares to be suspended <laughs> on Monday so you can no longer buy or sell Tongard shares on the JSE, And they're now also investigating some of their CEOs. And they're saying that it's not just that they revalued their land at 4.5 billion rand more than they should have. But also that they said they'd sold off a piece of land yeah. and the money never hit the bank. Now, how the auditors <laughs> don't pick ah. this up is beyond me. That's
0: un- unbelievable.
1: It's spectacular. I mean, what were they thinking? I right, See, I can't see the okay. price earnings P.E. ratio, <laughs> please.
0: <laughs> see, there's no good at this. No, right. not at all. All right, Anthony, we Anthea, we'll, um, we'll report that number just now.
1: All right, super. <laughs> right. but thank Thanks, you so guys. much,
0: Anthea Gardner and the Money Shot. This is Cliffcentral.com